R-E-S-P-E-C-T Find out what it means to me R-E-S-P-E-C-T I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that song That's a very, very good song By the late, great Aretha Franklin Respect Respect Just a little bit Respect (laughs) Tonight We're going to be talking about a couple of different things in regards to Division One, Two, and Three basketball. When kids are looking to pick a school, what are they looking for? What are they considering? What type of coach you want to play for? You know, just what where you where you see yourself. Obviously, everybody sees themselves playing at the Division One level. That's just not a reality. Before I go any further, I want to thank everybody. For listening to episode one, you know, a lot of work went into that. You know, I think it was, uh, it was good, but it could, could be a little bit better. Could have been a little bit better, but with success comes trial and error. So you got to keep trying and work on the, the certain things that you didn't touch on or things of that nature. Um, I hope, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And, you know, I, gave some knowledge about certain things and, you know, you get to know me a little bit more other than the coaching aspect. But like I said, I appreciate everybody who listened to it. I know people got a lot going on. Uh, It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Episode two is here. Let's dive right into it. Division one, two, and three. Division one basketball, obviously, you you get a scholarship to go to the institution to be a student athlete. That's your Seton Hall, Rutgers, Fairleigh Dickinson and Teaneck, uh, Villanova, Syracuse, on and on. In order to play at those schools, you have to be very, very good. Very good to be a Division One athlete, in any sport for that matter, not just basketball, whether it's football, uh, tennis, lacrosse, basketball, whatever the case is, you just have to be an, you know, an exceptional talent to be a Division One student athlete. And being a student, a Division One student athlete comes with a lot of responsibility. Academically, well, I should say a lot of responsibility comes whether it's division one, two, or three, but you're more, there's more responsibility as a division one player because you're basically, you're playing for a coach where his job is essentially for him to win. And those guys at the division one level usually have like a three-year window to win basketball games. It's that simple. It's that simple. So they're very particular with, you know, who they inv- they give a scholarship to, who they invest with, with the scholarships and things of that nature, because you got to be able to balance the academic portion and the the uh, athletic portion, obviously. Division two, you can give scholarships. They're not as you know, big as a Syracuse or a, a Villanova or something like that. But 
it's still a Division two scholarship. You're you're playing basketball for an institution. You know, you have academic responsibilities and you have athletic responsibilities. There are some Division twos that's really, really competitive. Well, I think all of them are really, really competitive. Me, personally, I'm going to be a little biased because I played at Bloomfield College, which is a, which is a Division two program. Very, very successful program. And um, learned a lot there, you know, just was given an opportunity to play there. And I, I, you know, I'm always grateful for that opportunity to to say that I'm a Division One athlete. I don't think that makes it break me or anything like that or, you know, makes me feel like, oh, you played Division Two, you better than a Division Three player. Because I have seen some Division Three players that can play Division Two. And I have seen some Division Two players who shouldn't be playing Division Two. <laughs> Division three, let me, before I go any further, uh, the CACC has a couple of teams that's pretty good. Nyack University, Bloomfield College, Caldwell University, Felician University, Dominican University, US, University of Sciences, Pennsylvania, USP, Goldie Beacom, Wilmington University. These are all good schools. And some kids, when they, like, if you go to a kid, like, if you go to a young kid and you say to him, hey, Caldwell is a pretty good Division II program and is a pretty good school also, uh, you know, they, they frown upon it. Oh, I, I never heard of Caldwell. Uh, what's that, Division One? What's that, Division Two, Division Three? It Okay, it's Division Three. It's this division two, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get a scholarship. You know, everybody's after the scholarship and things of that nature. But, you know, I just think parents and players need to do more research on division one, two, and three to find out what's the best fit for you. Because you might be a really good athlete, but you might not be able to handle the uh, school, the academic portion of the division one or a division two program. And a Division three program might be a, a fit for you. Players, I think the biggest thing that players have a hard time with is evaluating themselves. That's the biggest problem I think players have a problem with. Because every, every player, including myself, at one point in time thought they were better than what they actually were. So I'm, I'm going to give you an example of myself <laughs> just to, you know, I'm not going to use anybody else. I'm going to use myself because there was a, there was one point in time where I thought somewhere along the lines, like I can be a division one player, but I was five foot eight, could make a jump shot, very thin and just wasn't good on defense. You know, it's that simple. Anybody that know me, they know. Dion Mingo can shoot. Mingo can shoot. He might not give you nothing else, but he can shoot. And that was enough to get me to play Division II basketball. And by the way, kids, if you can shoot, that's a big, big weapon. That's a big weapon. Coaches are always looking for shooters. Coaches don't like guys that dribble the ball too much. Just, just throwing that out there. If you sh if you can shoot, you can play anywhere. By the way, doesn't matter how tall you are. <laughs> if you can shoot, you can play. So back to my original point, where I was saying that 
you have to uh, evaluate yourself. So, you know, high school, I, I played, you know, I was all right. I wasn't one of the best players on the team, but you know, I, I, I played, I, I had a good time, had some good coaches, learned from them. Then I went after high school, I went to a junior college in, in Randolph, New Jersey called County College of Morris. CCM. Oh, I was there for two years. I had a good time there. I think that's where I really learned how to play. And that's where I was humbled by a coach by the name of Marcus Pryor. Boy, did he give it to me. Gave it to me good. Because I thought I was, I thought I was good. I thought I was good. And he said, you know, he would sit me down and tell me, this is what you need to do in order if you want to move on from junior college to a Division Two program, and he never mentioned anything about a Division One program for me because he's like, you're just not a Division One player, and that that would bother me sometimes. I'm like, you know, why is he saying that to me? You know, but he was being honest. He was being honest, and he was telling me the level that I belong. And a lot of kids don't want to hear that, whether it's from their peers or a coach, because if a coach say that to a kid today. It's like you're the biggest hater in the world. You're, you're you're ruining his dream or whatever the case is. But you're being truthful and honest, and you know that that doesn't go a long way in basketball. I think that's the one sport where if you be truthful to people that play basketball, they don't they don't want to hear that. They do not want to hear that. Anyway, some way somehow, uh, I was able to. Go to a showcase EKB with a guy by the name of Ed, Buth- Ed Butler after my last year at County College of Morris, and I was able to, you know, get a chance to play at Bloomfield College, and I went, I played, and the first thing I realized when I got to Bloomfield College is that it's the scariest thing you can realize as an athlete. Scariest thing. Everybody that's there on the team. They're just as good as you or better. That's pretty scary because you're like, well, before I was better than, you know, three guys on my team. Now I'm here at a Division II program at Bloomfield College. I got four or five guys that's bigger, can shoot like me, play defense, have a good attitude, and just work a little bit harder. And I had to fall in line quick. Had to fall in line quick to get on board. And Marcus, excuse me, Marcus Pryor, he was, you know, I always appreciated him. Now I look back on it, I appreciate what he was trying to do then for me. And I didn't understand. I was a 19-year-old kid. You know, you're just looking at it like, well, I don't want to hear what you're saying. You're just a coach. You're just bothering me. You don't know what you're talking about. But he was giving me those tools to... Let me know that. And he told me, kids are going to be better. They're going to be just as good as you. You got to work hard. And, of course, you you push that to the wayside because you don't want to hear it. So those schools and that situation helped prepare me and the honest truth by Coach Pryor to, to play at Bloomfield College. Now, there's now on to the Division Three level there's a there's a division three conference in the state of new jersey called the NJAC. 
the NJAC is a very, very, very competitive conference. You have the likes of William Patterson, NJCU, Montclair State Keene, Rowan, Rutgers Newark, Rutgers Camden, Stockton, Ramapo College of New Jersey. Ramapo went to the Final Four this past year. And, you know, there's some kids who think, oh, it's Division Three. Yeah, you know how hard it is to go to the the to the Final Four of the NCAA Division Three tournament? That's pretty hard. And that's a big accomplishment. And you have to get those kids to buy in and be on board to, to accomplish your goal as a coach. And those kids has to have to want to be in your program. Those are kids who are, who are not saying, "Well, I, I think I should be a div- division one or division two. You know, I'm not going to give him my all. They bought into the program and they made it all the way to the uh, the final four, which is very very big. That's a big accomplishment. At William Patterson, one time, I remember they had a player by the name of Horace Jenkins, and he played at William Patterson. I don't know the the years, but I I played against him. I scrimmaged against. We had a scrimmage against him when I was at County College of Morris, and he was at William Patterson, and it was the worst thing ever for me. Not for him. He had a great time, and I I just couldn't believe this guy was a Division One, a Division Three player. He was so good, but he was humble enough to be at Division Three program, play, and accomplished so many different accolades. He played in the NBA. He won an NBA championship for the Detroit Pistons in 2004. And I think he was a Division Three player of the year or something like that. But, you know, there, the point that I'm trying to make, there's players everywhere at every level. You know, if you buy into where you at and evaluate where you at as a, where you're at as a player. Back to let me go back to Bloomfield College real quick. I got I got to touch on this. There's a kid by there's a a former player. There's two former players that played at Bloomfield College. One is the all-time leading scorer, and the other is the second all-time leading scorer. Kid by the name of Gage Day. Gage Day is one of the better. Division two players that I have seen, you know, in a long time. He's very, very good. He holds the record at our school for most points. He's the all-time leader. And he was, I remember him as a freshman. He didn't, you know, he didn't know if he was going to make it at Bloomfield College in regards to the competition and the you know, just how the game was different for him from high school. I think he was like a a, a pretty good player. At, he was pretty good, obviously, to get a Division one, a Division two scholarship to play at Bloomfield College. But his freshman year, he was having a tough time. He was adjusting, and he didn't know if he was going to make it or whatever the case is. That's the, that was the first year I was on staff at Bloomfield College, the one and only year I was there, and he was a freshman. And, you know, I left, and before you know it, like two years later, they're like, Gage is like play of the year. <laughs> and he he was good. He was good. He was really, really good. You know, then they had another guy who played that I played with. He is, I think, the best, one of the best players I played with at, at the school, Andre Dabney. 
Andre Dabney is about five foot five or six or whatever the case is. He has won numerous uh, awards and accolades in regards to playing at the school championships. I think he's in the Hall of Fame, but he played Division Two and it was really, really good. So there, he's the second time, second all time leading scorer at the school. So it it can be done. It can be done. I just think kids need to buy in and and understand. You know, it's all, it's not all about a Division One scholarship. You know, if you can go Division One, if you go Division One, that's good and well. That's great. You deserve it. But if you can go Division Two or Division Three, it's a good opportunity. There's some schools. That's re- there's some Division three schools that's really, really good academically. You got your Tufts, Emory, Middlebury, Franklin and Marshall, Amherst College. Those schools are very, very prestigious academic institutions, and you can play sports there. You know, but people, some people don't know about it. Parents don't know about it. You know, if you get a chance, do your research. It, it doesn't have to be a Division one scholarship because the end goal with all this stuff in regards to scholarships and, you know, where the kids playing and all that stuff, you basically, you're just worrying about where the kid is going to be in four years. Is he going to develop and mature as a, a young man when he leaves the school? It's not just all about sports. It's about the academic portion. So I hope I help, you know, some of you guys out there with, that information in regards to Division 1, 2, and 3. The other thing I want to touch on is players and how they're essential to coaches' success. What does that mean? That means exactly what I said. If you don't have players, if you don't have good players, you're not going to win. It's just that simple. You're not going to win. You have to get good players. You could be one of the best coaches around, but if you don't have the talent, it's hard for you to put a scheme out there. It's hard for you to, you know, accomplish what you want to accomplish as a coach. So having, you know, good talent and good and kids that want to buy into your program is very, very important. The fact of the matter is this, I mean, as as a coach, whether it's at the Division One, Two, or Three level, you're looking to recruit a certain type of kid to be a part of your program. You're looking for a kid that's, that wants to be at your program and is going to buy into your program and is going to stay at your program. Because it's the same thing that's happening at the high school level. It's, hop- it's happening at the college level also. Guys are leaving. You know, they, they come in. You recruit them. They come in. They don't realize they're not in touch or in tune of how good they are as a player and what you expect of them. And they get frustrated when they don't play their first year. They get, you know, they feel as though like, well, I should be playing. I was really good in high school. I averaged 20 points in high school. I should be playing right away. It doesn't work like that. Essentially, when you come in as a freshman at, on a basketball team at the college level, you're one of the worst players in the program. You might not be one of the worst players in the program 
athletically, you're you're probably one of the worst players in the program mentally because you don't have a year under your belt to know what to expect, how it is to travel, how it is to have your school schedule, your class schedules and things of that nature. So you have a lot to learn about being a student athlete. And some kids can handle it and some kids can't. And that all depends on the success of a coach. If you got a guy that's been in high school for the past four years and he's been home, he's been sheltered, mom mom or dad is always on him, they don't let him go anywhere, he's always, you got after practice he go home, things like that. And now he gets on campus, he has a little bit more freedom, he can do what he wants, he can stay up a little late, takes advantage of that. All that plays into your success as a coach because you got to be, you got to trust that kid to police himself to make sure he's going to class, make sure he's waking up on time, make sure he's not staying out too late, make sure he's not doing certain things that he's not to do. You're not going to be there every waking moment as a coach. You have to trust these kids. And I've seen numerous guys in college they come home after the first semester. <laughs> they can't handle it. It's too much. It's too much freedom. Or they'll say, well, you know, I wasn't playing. Coach wasn't playing me. Don't blame the coach. Don't blame the coach wasn't playing. Was you doing everything you're supposed to do? Were you going to all your classes? Were you working as hard as you can in practice? Were you doing extra work before and after practice? You know, and I the other thing that I think can really harm young players is, you know, friends, <laughs> friends and family. Friends and family can be the biggest support and they can be the biggest uh, downfall that you can have as a young player. Because especially, you know, we could just go go on with this about going with this all day long. I mean, you know, the first thing parent, oh, well, oh, you need to be playing more. Well, your parent is not, your parent or your your brother or your, your cousin, your friends, whatever the case is, they are not there to see how hard you're working in practice. They're not there to know if you're going home, going to class. They're not, know if you, they're not there to know if you're going to bed on time. They're not, they don't know if you're hanging out till two, three o'clock in the morning in one of your buddies' room, and then you got practice, and then you got class, and you show up to show up late, or whatever the case is. They don't know that. So when things not going right for you, what's the first thing kids do? I'm leaving. I'm going to another school. I'm going to another college. Those same bad habits is go, are going to follow you. So, and that's why coaches are skeptical about who they bring into their program and who they feel as though can lead their program because essentially the players determine the coach's success. It's just that simple. The players determine the coach's success. So there's, you know, there's some coaches who are saying, well, you know, I I can, you know, I, I can do this and I can do that. You can do every, you think you can do everything you want, but you have to have a certain type of talent, something to work with in order for you to attain your goal as a coach. You know, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot with basketball. It's a lot with the expectations. 
that parents want for their kids. It's a lot for the player that he has to live up. There's a lot of expectation that he has to live up to for his coach, for himself, and for the players. It's a lot. That's that's why you see a lot of kids, you know, they get into situations and they like, I, I just, you know, I got to find a place where, you know, the coach is going to let me play, you know. And then you have some some guys who go and play Division One basketball and they sit on the bench for three years just to say that I played Division One. But then you have another guy who's at a Division Two or Three program who's had a very, very successful career over the three or four years he you know he's there, whatever the case is. But people say, well, he's only playing Division Two or Three. The point is to play. <laughs> that is the point of the game, to play. Go where you're going to play. Don't go just to say, I played Division One at St. Francis or Long Island University when uh, Rowan University is telling you, you could come right in here and start and lead our program and build a legacy for this program or whatever the case is. I'm just using those schools as examples. I'm, you know, not saying, not being verbatim, whatever the case is. And the the same thing goes for high school players also. You know, there's high school players who are being told by, you know, a lot of, you know, private schools, um, St. Benedict's, Roselle Catholic, you know, schools of that, th- those type of schools that if you come here, you're going to play. But a friend of mine touched on this situation already, DeMond Cowens, he, and he said it best. They're recruiting you to come to one of these private schools where there's a, you know, a, a ton of talent in the program. You're just a, a, a piece of it. You're just a piece of it, and you're going to have to compete for playing time. You know, so they're telling you, they're probably telling two or three guards also, we want you to come in. But you can stay at your local high school and play right away as a sophomore, play varsity right away as a sophomore, you know, or freshman, whatever the case is, you know, and and, and be successful. But they get caught up in the schedule. They play a better schedule. They get more exposure. They get this. They get that. And gear uh these these uh shoe companies Nike Adidas Under Armour plays a big as crazy as this is this is going to sound it's the absolute truth Nike Under Armour and Adidas plays a very big part of where these kids go a lot of kids a lot of kids will ask a coach this and they have asked me this also and I'm pretty sure there's a couple of coaches that can attest to this what do y'all this is what the kids say uh coach who y'all sponsored by? Sponsored by? Sponsored by anybody. Sponsored by the Board of Education. You know, we get whatever we get. So kids are looking for that. Like, oh, well, do they wear Nike? Do they wear Adidas? You know, so it's just so much that's, you know, going on with the game from when I was in high school to when I was in college to today. You know, kids is just looking for different things. It's rare that you'll find a kid that's going to work hard and stay at his high school or his college for four years. Because when the going gets tough, 
they're either being told by family and friends to leave. And it takes a special type of kids to say, you know what, I'm going to tough this out. I'm going to stick it out. I need to work harder. I need to get better. I need to do what I need to do in order for the coach to see that I'm working hard and he, him putting me in the game and, you know, me earning my strikes. You, you got to earn it. And that's the part that is not being taught with some of these, um, some of these schools and coaches and things of that nature. You got to earn it. Don't give it to them. Cause at some point, you know, we, we had to earn it as, as when we was coming up as players, we had to earn it. I think, matter of fact, I know that we touched on a lot of good topics tonight and I hope that you guys could take it and use it in some way, shape or form. Listen to what I said and how it's being, you know, given to you guys. I think it's good information. And before I go, I just want to touch on one thing. Andre Dabney, if you're out there listening, you're my guy. You're my guy. Don't you ever forget it. You're my guy. I know that in the first podcast, I mentioned something about the coaches, trainers, I'm sorry, trainers and using cones and things of that nature. I get it. I get it why they're using it. I get it why uh, trainers are implementing it, implementing the cones in their workouts. I get it. I think you're one of the better trainers around. I would love for you to come to Nork Academy and do something with my guys so they can see how to handle the ball and, 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 and use a screen and different things like that. You're the guy. You're the guy. I was not trying to say anything about your type of training and the way you do things. I just think that, you know, we probably got a little, you know, I had a little misunderstanding there, but you're, you're one of the best point to prove. If anybody out there is listening, they need their kid to get some training, some work point to prove Andre Dabney, me and Andre go, go, go way back. Uh, we was roommates in college um, and we go back, play together. My senior year, he was a freshman, and we were roommates, and he was he was really, really good as a freshman, but I used to give him a lot of grief in the room, tell him he wasn't good, he needed to work on his game, and he would just go out there and, and be amazing night after night, and then he'd come back in the room and be like, I had 22, 6, and 7. What, what you got to say now? Then I just say something like, well, you have four turnovers. He, well, all right, watch next game. Watch next game. I ain't going to have no more turnovers. So he competed with himself. He competed with he, he competed against himself while he was there. And that's why he's one of the best, you know. So I just wanted to, you know, put that out there. This is the end of episode two. Episode three will be us touching on some more different things in regards to high school basketball in the state of New Jersey. The season is approaching. You know, we got a couple weeks left in August. Then fall league is here. Then before you know it, it's Thanksgiving and the season is on the, on, on the rule. I thank everybody for listening. I really, really do. I'm just trying to build, you know, the Mingo podcast 
And I thank everybody for listening. And we're gonna go out the right way at the end at the end of episode two. We're gonna go out the right way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Ooh. Respect. Respect. Just a little bit. Respect. Thank you.